Wake up, West Georgia. It's time for the podcast powered by Coffee and Mountain Dew. The Morning Five with Bryce Sparling and Billy Lindahl. Wake up, West Georgia. It's time for your favorite morning podcast. It is the Morning Five for oh, Thursday. Oh, oh, Billy. Billy, we can't use yeah. the anymore. We can't. Can't use. We can't oh. use the anymore. We can't use that word. Sorry. Sorry. That has been uh, trademarked. Uh, we cannot call this the Morning Five anymore. Can you, can you restart uh, there? I'm sorry. We're going to get sued. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Wake up, West Georgia! It is morning five podcast. There we go. Boom. We will not get sued for just morning five. I like it. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> for Thursday, June twenty third, twenty twenty two, is brought to you by the Perry and Lawyers. Nobody wakes up thinking, "Man, I hope I hire a lawyer today." But hey. Life happens. Don't call one of those big law firms with overused slogans and thousands of billboards. We have a top-notch law firm right here in West Georgia. The Perry and Lawyers with offices in Carrollton and Bremen. Personal injury, workman's comp, and everything in between. Find them at callcadenow.com. That's C-A-L-L-C-A-D-E-N-O-W.com. Local lawyers, catchy slogans, a few billboards, big results. Bryce, it's National Pecan Sandies Day. I don't even know what that is. Is that a, like a cookie? A pecan sandy? That doesn't sound yeah. very appetizing. Yeah. That's that sounds. I've I've never heard of a pecan sandy. I love pecans. Um, pecan sandy. Yeah, it's a. Uh, it looks looks like a a cookie with like pecans on top and inside of it. Oh, that's weird. The traditional pecan sandy has a toasted pecan pressed into a cookie and is garnished with a flurry of powdery sugar. Furthermore, since this is a type of mildly sweet shortbread cookie, it melts in the mouth and goes amazingly with a glass of cold milk or a hot beverage like tea. That's going to be a hard pass for me there, bud. I, uh, I do not want to try a pecan sandy. I can go ahead and tell you, the amount of times that I saw the word sugar in this one article, it is going to be a pass. And it's also National Porridge Day. Uh, how different is porridge than oatmeal? I love oatmeal, but I, I don't know what the difference between porridge and oatmeal is. I couldn't... T- I'm, more of a, I'm more of a grit guy. I know you don't like grits. I love grits. Uh, but porridge porridge looks like a mix between oatmeal and tapioca pudding. I've never had porridge. Yeah, it looks gross. It really yeah. does. I'm, I'm, more of a, uh, I'm more of a grits guy, though, man. Give me grits in the morning, grits, eggs, and bacon... Uh, that's what I want. You can, you can keep the porridge. Oatmeal's fine uh, every now and then, but uh, I don't. I don't believe I'll. I'll believe I'll ever be trying a pecan sandy, and I don't think I'll ever be trying porridge either. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to be partaking in today's days. Oh, hard um, pass. <laughs> no, no, I don't think so. <laughs> you know what I will be partaking in? Porque. Watching the Braves game four today. After last night's walk-off victory, it was beautiful. Braves played well last night. And here's the great part about this. Charlie Morton was ridiculous. Lights out, dude. Lights freaking out. Yeah. Seven innings pitched, two earned, 11 Ks. In Morton's last 14 innings pitch, he now has 20 Ks. Actually, and if you go back to his last three... I'm pretty sure he's got like 32 Ks. <laughs> yeah, and I think he only has one walk. <clears throat> I think he has like 32 Ks in his last three starts with only one walk. 
Uh, so Morton seems to really be turning it on. Maybe Morton likes the, the hot weather. Maybe Morton's a summer guy like me, and when the when it gets to those 90-plus days, that's when Morton plays his best. Uh, I was about to say plays his best golf. <laughs> plays his best baseball. <laughs> Adam Duvall got the game-winning hit in the bottom of the ninth to get the Braves their second walk-off of the week, and actually the second walk-off against the Giants. Uh Dance Bay started the ninth off with a solo shot, his only RBI of the night, and Olsen Contreras also added an RBI as well. Bray's first win of the season when trailing after eight innings and now only four and a half games back Let's of those go. past team Mets. Thanks to Let's the Astros beating go. the Mets yesterday. Jumped all over them in the first inning yesterday. They put up like three or four runs on them in the first inning. Good. Yep. Screw the Mets. Screw the, screw the Mets. <laughs> Yeah, yes, the only thing yesterday that we come out of the, the game a little bit concerned about, we went in walk-off fashion, we're four and a half back from the Mets, that's great. The only thing I was a little concerned about, which seems few and far between from the Braves, we had three errors yesterday. Our defense did not look like it usually looks, and I can't for the life of me, I was going to go back and look at this, and I just forgot. Have we had any games this year where we've had three or more errors? Is this the first game? I don't feel like we, if we do have an error, it's like one error every now and then. I feel like our defense is... Is really stout and really reliable. So a three-error game yesterday kind of kind of surprised me. And it was uh, Arcia, Swanson, and Contreras that had them. And uh, Swanson was a throwing. Arcia was a was a fielding, and, and Contreras was a throwing one as well. So that is a uh, that's something that not you don't normally see that out of the Braves, and I don't expect that to continue. Um, but yeah, just a little odd. We got the dub. Let's focus on that. <laughs> that is true. That is true. And, and man, hey, we got to give some props to starting pitcher for the Giants, Rodon. That dude was absolutely just as filthy as Charlie Morton was. Uh, he went seven innings, giving up one run and striking out ten, only through 91 pitches. And uh, they said, I believe it was since the start of the 2020 season or the start of the 2019 season, uh, Rodon has the third lowest ERA in the major league. So this kid... If you don't know who he is, uh, Kid is a baller and looked fantastic yesterday. Uh, made the Braves look stupid, honestly, through about five innings. Yeah, and let's let's not forget. I mean, the Giants are like fighting for first ba- first place out in the West. So they're, they're eight games they're, over five hundred. They're not a bad team. No, they're not. Um, so I mean, and they won the they won the West last year. They won it, and they actually, I'm pretty sure. If I'm not mistaken, they were the best record in baseball last year. I think you're correct. I'm like 90% sure you are correct. I think they had the best record in baseball last year. Game four to, is today at 12:20 with Kyle Wright on the bump. And then uh, San Francisco will get out of here and we'll welcome in Freddie and the Dodgers. Oh, and man, what a series coming up. We're going we're gonna to talk about this a little bit more but tomorrow, but I can help wait to see the ovation that Freddie gets it better be massive it better be long and i really wish i was there to see it honestly all right bryce you gotta finish up the big big 12 today yeah let's go we're gonna continue with the college football preview big 12 we're gonna hit the other five teams today uh we're gonna start off with baylor baylor season last year ended in a big 12 championship a win over old miss in the sugar bowl and the Bears believing that they could be the toast of the Big 12 for a while, uh, especially with Oklahoma and Texas leaving in the next couple of years. 
Sophomore Blake Shapin will take over the quarterback duties this season for the Bears and will need to develop quickly. The kid has got an immense, an immense array of talents. Uh, very talented kid, but he doesn't have the leadership skills, and he's uh, kind of new to that role, so he'll need to grow up quite quickly and get those leadership skills that requires a college quarterback to have. Uh, Shapin will luckily uh, be able to lean on a very, very deep and talented running back stable with Tay Williams, Craig Williams, and Josh, Josh Fleeks all splitting time in the backfield, one of the deepest running back cores in the Big 12. On the defensive side for Baylor, uh, they lose senior leaders Bernard and Petrie, but the defense, uh, the defensive front returns the entire two deep. That includes two All Big 12 D tackles. Uh, so that is a uh, that that's a bright spot for Baylor. They did look good last year. I don't know if they can repeat the success they had last year, but I think they're going to be a very very formidable team. Baylor's always been really solid, or has been really solid for the, I would say the last. 10 years that's what They're i was saying like 10 to 12 years baylor has been a very solid football program yeah so hopefully you know we'll continue to see them do that next iowa state iowa state is losing arguably the two best offensive players in the big 12 last year and brock purdy and Brees hall who will go down to cyclone legends uh they were the little engine that could that made iowa state run last year Hunter Deckers and Jarrell Brock seem like the likely early favorites to replace uh, Brees Hall and Brock Purdy. Iowa State also returns most of its front seven, a group that finished near the middle in tackles for loss in the Big 12 on defense, but was third in sacks, which is great to see. Will McDonald, who had 11 sacks, will look to spearhead a group of talented tacklers, followed by Mike Rose, Jake Hummel, and Gary Vaughn. Iowa State's biggest question mark on defense is replacing your top three tacklers in the secondary who are all gone. Best way to help a young secondary, Billy, we said it last year, get that defensive front to pressure the quarterback. Uh, a good defensive front can make up for lack of talent in the secondary. No doubt. If you can get to the quarterback in less than three seconds, you're going to be able to help the secondary out tremendously. Yep, makes you look good. Uh, next is Kansas, who is uh, one of the worst football teams in all of America. Uh, Kansas returns an offense that saw them dead last in yards, scoring, passing, and third down efficiency in the Big 12. Luckily for Kansas, the offensive line was a bright spot last year for them, giving up the third least quarterback pressures in the Big 10. Billy, Kansas has an awful offense, but luckily for Kansas, their defense, it's even worse. They were the second worst in all of college football in tackles for loss, scoring, allowing 42 points per game, and the second worst in third down efficiency. Kansas will be one of, if not the worst football teams in the entire nation next year. Is there anybody on in college football that wouldn't want to play Kansas? <laughs> yeah, really. I mean, it's, it's when you're that bad, I mean, that's a they should start paying Kansas to come and play them like they do these uh, like the uh, Division II schools and everything. They should have to pay Kansas the same thing. 42 points per game. I wonder what Kansas Jayhawks basketball team allowed this year. I wonder if their points per game were slower than 42. That'd be hilarious. Uh, Billy, next is Texas. The Texas Longhorns. Can Sark turn this program around? I honestly believe he can, and it's good for football if he does. Uh, Texas returns the best running back in college football, in my opinion, and B. John Robinson. I love this kid. He has got Debatable. so much talent. He, he is he, he, he's, he's the best college football running back that I saw last year. Uh, and there will be a bit of a quarterback battle on their hands between Hudson Card and Quinn Ewers. 
Uh, and there is also a quarterback possibly coming in that I will get to after I get the breakdown. But Hudson Card and Quinn Ewers are the quarterbacks that will be battling out for the starting position this year. Uh, the Longhorns wide receiver core is also not too shabby, sporting a pair of wide receivers in Xavier Woods and Isaiah Neor, who caught a combined 24 tuds last year. So that's a great wide receiver core for uh, either one of those quarterbacks to lean on. The defense will once again be Texas's biggest Achilles heel this year. After averaging giving up 31 points per game last year, 5.2 yards per carry, and not being able to muster much of a pass rush, second-year defensive coordinator Pat Kwiatkowski uh, will need to lean on a defensive line that returns all of its starters in most of the linebacking core. Billy, there's also rumors coming out now that Texas is landing Arch Manning. And there are also rumors flying around that Arch Manning has actually already committed to Texas via text messages. They just have not made it official yet. So that is a quarterback room that is going to have a vast amount of talent this year. That would be massive if Arch Huge. goes to Texas as opposed to Georgia. Because you haven't heard much about his fascination with Texas. You just know that Texas is in the top three. For him to be able to go to Texas would be massive. That would be that would be a huge win for Sark, huge win for for Texas and Texas. Texas needs to be good in college football. It's just good for college football. The fact that they're moving to the SEC kind of sucks because yeah, I don't. It makes the SEC even better than they already are. Uh, but yeah, yeah, Arch Manning, if he goes to Texas, that'll be big for the for the Longhorns. And uh, we wrap up the Big Twelve preview with TCU. Uh, they will start a quarterback. Who, who will start a quarterback for the Horned Frogs this year is the big question. Max Dugan and Charles Chandler Morris uh, will battle for the right to lead the Horned Frogs, who are coming off a disappointing 5-7 and seven season last year, missing out on a bowl game in just the fourth time in Gary Patterson's 21 years at TCU. Uh, with Gary Patterson at the helm of TCU, you're kind of used to them competing for Big 12 championships, getting into bowl games, playing well, playing good defense, and even – you know, getting into New York Six Bowls. Uh, TCU has been pretty good. They're kind of like Baylor. They've been they've been pretty pretty good for the past 15, 20 years. Um, TCU brings in Tulsa's defensive coordinator Joseph Gillespie to help fix the defense. TCU's 4-2-5 defense that they've ran for like 20 years now is out the window, and Gillespie has installed his own defense that he ran at Tulsa, uh, and that saw Tulsa go from the 53rd worst defense or the 53rd defense in college football to a top 20 defense and if you can do that at Tulsa uh, TCU brings in slightly better recruits so I, I assume that he will have just as much success if not more success at TCU um, right. but the Horn Frogs yeah not having a good season last year yeah it's it's one of those things that when you think of TCU you think of defense especially the past 20 years so Gary Patterson just <laughs> studded defense now You've, we'll see what TCU can do. And, and honestly, the rest of the Big 12, it's going to be fun to see. College football is just around the corner, right? Oh, yeah. Only a couple you know, a couple more short weeks, and we'll have kids reporting to classes and all that stuff. I mean, I think the only thing you can take away from the Big 12 this year is that Kansas will not compete. I think every other team, maybe outside of West Virginia, maybe Kansas and West Virginia, you throw those two teams into the same barrel. But outside of that, I think everybody has a, a legit chance to compete for the Big 12 championship this year. All right. The NBA draft is tonight. The Hawks are slated to pick at 16. Bryce, are they going to stay at 16? 
I don't know, there's been so much smoke about them moving up to four, and then I saw a report yesterday that said they don't want, the, that um, uh, they won't be allowed, like, the, the team that has the fourth pick, I believe it's the Kings, are not going to trade the fourth pick, and I don't know, I think it's all going to shake out, and they are going to stay at 16, I don't know who they draft at 16, but I'm I'm kind of on the I'm kind of on the opinion now that because there has been so much smoke around the trade of John Collins and the Hawks trading up to get I just I don't you trade up to four and no matter who you get it's not going to be somebody that's going to impact the game majorly this year and I think that's what the Hawks need I think at four you can get somebody who can be a very good player maybe you know next year or for half the year this year. But you don't often see a ton of rookies come in and participate and have a big impact on all 82 games. The long seasons, but so much longer than college. Or and I, I don't know who they're looking at at four. I would hope it'd be Jay uh, Nivey. I, I like that kid a lot, but I just don't. I don't know. And if everybody we've seen the rumors around John Collins, like Harrison Barnes, Dejounte Murray. Like that's not that's not making the Hawks better. So I don't understand why we would do that. The DeAndre Ayton trade would obviously make the Hawks better, but that's a sign and trade. We have to give Ayton a max contract, and I'd be pretty shocked if it was just John we traded for DeAndre Ayton. Is Herder on the roster after tonight? Your gut feeling? I am going. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say Herder is not on the roster. I believe John will. Um, and I just, I'm just i reading a report actually right now that said there's some chatter that the Celtics are interested in dealing for John Collins. Um, so, I, you know, of course. it's... Of course. You know, the Celtics hey, like to should, take big should, men from Atlanta. That's that's fine. You Snack know. is snacking. He can, you know, uh, Snack can, can have fun there. I don't think Herder's on the roster after tonight. I, think, I do think they deal him. Um... But, but John, I think John and Clint remain on the roster after tonight. I would be, I just hope if they trade them, if they trade John, if they trade Herder, if they trade Clint, that we get a good deal back and we get somebody who can help trade. We get a secondary scorer who can create off the dribble. So it's, man, it's going to be interesting tonight. I haven't been too terribly excited about the names I've heard other than DeAndre Ayton. Uh, I know the Atlanta Hawks subreddit has been trying to manifest KD coming to Atlanta. That's that's not going to happen. Uh, it'd be great. It'd be great. But it's not going to happen. So I, you know, I don't know. We'll see. I, all I can tell you is that today and tonight is going to be a very very fun time in the NBA. Pull up the subreddits for the NBA and the Hawks. Pull up the Twitter machine and uh, keep refreshing and get ready for the draft tonight. All right, let's get to the Marine Town scoreboard. Last night in the NHL, the Avalanche beat the Bolts in an instant classic. That game went into overtime. Avs beat them 3-2 to take a 3-1 series lead. And I just saw, I don't know if you saw uh, Matt Ridgway. He's he's already up and going this morning, and he is not not too happy. Yeah, I saw. But um, there's evidence of six men on the ice when the goal happened in overtime which you're only allowed five but you know it is what it is uh so game five will take place friday night in denver so we'll talk a little bit more about that tomorrow uh around the nl east the astros as we mentioned beat the mets five to three 
Rangers beat the Phils 4-2. Rockies lose to the Marlins again 7-4. And the Orioles beat the Nats 7-0. Games and events tonight. We've got the NBA draft tonight. So hopefully that'll end up well for the Hawks. We need the Hawks to have a good night, honestly. It's we just need it. Yeah, yeah. We we need to either get get an immediate impact uh, veteran, or I mean, if we don't move, if we don't move any of our players, then get somebody who can help us. You know, maybe next year, later on this year, get a get a project that can come in and make a big splash. You need another cup of coffee? Yes, sir. I do. Actually, I need I need a cup of coffee. I forgot to make it last night, so I woke up this morning and I've been. Uh, running off a couple uh, couple things of water so yes i need a cup of coffee two days in a row we're going to start off with bad news uh tony saragusa the goose passes away at the age of 55 former uh, offensive lineman for the colts and the ravens and uh former sideline reporter for fox i think yeah um, he was a uh, yeah he was a defensive tackle uh for the colts oh my bad the colts and ravens my bad yeah yeah, dude, he could. Yeah. If he played offensive line, he could play left tackle and left guard. That dude was massive, man. Um, he was huge. Yeah, well, Super Bowl winner, Super Bowl winner, great, great analyst. I really like to listen to him on Fox. Uh, dude was six four three forty. I mean, that is a monster mountain of a man. Uh, and yeah, T's and P's to his family, dude. That's uh, that, that sucks, man. I I hate having to read these reports. Apparently, fifty five, dude. That, that man's so young. That's that is uh. That's so young, and also uh, the Raven Ravens linebacker had a had a kid pass away yesterday, Jalen Ferguson uh, at 26. So that's a uh, that's forward. sad, man. 55 and 26. I mean, that's that's your whole life ahead of you. So T's and P's to their families and everybody affected by this. Uh, it's never easy going through something like this. The PGA Tour commissioner calls the Live Tour and quote irrational threat unquote to golf. <laughs> What a clown. What an absolute dude, clown, dude. I, just, I told you. I told you. This is what he was going to sound like. Yeah. He was going to sound like a whiny little baby. And I don't know, man. Yeah. Uh. It's, uh, it, it, this is great. This is great theater. And this is what you want in sports, especially when you talk about sports every single day like Billy and I do. You want this type of drama. You want this type of controversy. You want this type of theater. Uh, to be played out and it's being played out on the highest level right now between like the PGA Tour this is not something that you would expect to come from them like this kind of bickering back and forth uh, you know you expect golf to be a little bit different but it is it's fantastic it's great to watch it's great to experience and I can't wait to see what happens next so something that Bryce and I didn't mention yesterday somehow Deshaun Watson has settled out of court or settled with 20 of the 24 cases right now that are against yep. him which is massive did you but, see what the settlement was the for how NFL, much money God, it was 150k right a piece yeah he settled he's yeah he settled 150k a piece 20 27 that's not that's a drop in the hat it's nothing that's crazy but here's the thing for me the NFL says that they're they're not going to take that into account when it comes to their punishment for 
for Sean. He's going to get punished. There's no doubt in my mind. 100%. Yep. And I think it, I think more than likely it should be a year. I, it, just my opinion. I mean, when you've got this many cases, it's... Dear Lord, man. With that being said, yeah, Baker Mayfield, yeah. is, is he still going to be on on the Browns, or is he going to get traded before the season? I think he has to get traded before the season. I think the two front runners right now are the Panthers and the Seahawks. Um, and, I, I mean, I've also seen the San Francisco 49ers. I've seen rumors about Baker being traded there for Jimmy Garoppolo, and I think what the Browns are waiting for is to see what happens with Deshaun Watson because if Watson's traded for an entire or, or suspended for an entire year the Browns need a quarterback to come in and start for them this year it's not going to be Baker Baker already told the Browns to go to hell and I don't blame him I like Baker Mayfield I'm a Baker Mayfield fan I think he's one of the top 32 quarterbacks in the NFL he should be starting somewhere and the Browns treated him like an old dirty sock um, so uh, yeah they, they need someone to bring in they have Jacoby Brissett that they can bring in who is a, a decent stopgap but with the roster that the Browns have, you don't want in an unproven guy coming in there and taking charge of it. Because this is a roster, right. you give a decent quarterback, they can go to the playoffs and make some waves. So it's uh, it's interesting, man. It'll be interesting to follow the story and, and see what happens. But I, I believe Baker will not be on the Browns roster uh, when, when preseason starts. See, I think you have to. I think you have to keep him just as a stopgap. I mean, honestly, He's not, Baker Mayfield won't play. Even even if Deshaun Watson suspended for a year, Baker Mayfield already said he's not going to play for the Browns this year. He's going to sit out and you know do whatever. Um, it's not the type of toxicity that the Browns want in that in that front office. So it's, you're going to have to find a quarterback to replace Deshaun Watson if he's out for an entire year. If he's out for four or five games, then Jacoby Brissett can play there. But if he's going to be suspended for an entire year, then you're going to have to find you're going to have to get somebody, and it's it's not going to be Baker. All right, and finally, today in 1988, the Charlotte Hornets and the Miami Heat begin their franchises with the NBA expansion draft. And then, then the Hornets moved to New Orleans, and then the Horn- and then Charlotte got another franchise, and the Bobcats, and then they rebranded to the Hornets again. So life comes full circle. Uh, since 1988, man, Miami's had a pretty good run. Miami's yeah. uh, Miami's had a pretty good run. Had LeBron, had Shaq, D Wade. Bosch, Ray Allen, they've uh, uh, Jimmy Buckets. Now they've had some, they've had some good, good teams and a great run. What do they have? Four, four NBA championships, three NBA championships, something like that. Um, they had one with D Wade. Yeah, one two. with D Wade and Shaq, and then one with uh, and two with um, LBJ. Did they have another one. That did, did they have another one? Did they have four or three? I don't, I can't remember. Do they have two with D Wade and Shaq? I don't remember. No, they only they only had one. They had one with D Wade and Shaq, and then two with LBJ. And I, I want to say they won one after LBJ left, but maybe not. No, no, they, that doesn't they couldn't. Sound right? <laughs> no, no, because Jimmy Bucket still doesn't have a NBA championship. I don't think so. I think they have three. That's pretty good since 1988. Yeah, no doubt. More than the Hawks. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. I'd take that if I was a Hawks fan. <laughs> They have more championships since 1988 than the Braves do, and the Braves have arguably had a much better roster, but that's different sports. So, You got anything else, bud? Nah, man, I'm good. Let's get out of here on this Thirsty Thursday. 
All right. For Bryce Sparling, I am Billy Lindahl. Have a great day, everybody, and we will talk to you all tomorrow. Same time, same place. Shake your neighbor! Just shake it!